Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, Tyler. Yeah. Every time we start these these episodes, yeah, you hit record, yeah, then you turn and cough, yeah, then you start. Which means now what you have to do is go back and edit out that cough. No, 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 because the cough is not directly into the mic, and it'd be covered by the music. By the, the music, music, that's anyway. right. So okay, I just I'm just wondering why you don't see. But now you've put us in a situation because now I have to edit out everything you just said. <laughs> Because who cares? Is this our new thing now? This is twice you've you've threatened to edit me. Twice in a row. Well, uh, whether it's a new thing or not, I guess it's kind of up to you, isn't it? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so anyway, and thank you for listening. David, <laughs> how you doing? I'm doing just fine. All um, right. I mean, second episode this week. Yeah. Uh, last one was a lot of fun. Yeah. We've had a lot of great responses for, from it. Absolutely. Um we were on the cover of the New York Post. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oddly enough, it just uh, the headline was just like, "Who are these jackasses?" <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Obama mentioned us in his weekly YouTube address. <laughs> That'd uh, be awesome. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if like just somebody of national prominence said like, "Hey, you know what's really good? That I ran across this thing over here." <laughs> yeah. I like the idea of our uh, uh, of our popularity spiking by about a billion percent. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, um, so we don't have a Speaking lot... Speaking of our popularity spiking... Yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about this in the last episode, yeah. but during our week off, we hit <laughs> a record level of subscribers. <laughs> so, yeah. So the week we didn't put up a new episode, a lot of people decided to start listening, which makes me... F- I'm, it's exciting, but it makes me feel kind of bad. Like, maybe I... if. Maybe the key, maybe the reason we're doing so, you know, maybe the reason we haven't achieved success is because we haven't just shut up. You know, we just need to just let it happen. Yeah, we need to. Maybe we just need to let the our, our public get a word in edgewise. There, <laughs> absolutely, and we're not doing that this week. Not at all. So our <laughs> two episodes in one week, it's going to plummet. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, and so um, so we don't have a lot to talk about uh, at the top of the show. But uh, it, you know, we we realize that there's really. It's been a while since we've talked about the website, which is battleshippretension.com. Yeah, and Tyler um, puts a lot of work into the website, so that's right. We should we should mention it. That's right. Um, but there's a lot of you know there's there's a lot of things to do as as we mentioned last uh, last episode. Um, David and I have been writing a lot more blogs lately, um, and that's probably going to continue hopefully. Yeah. Um, hopefully. And then every Thursday we put up a new movie recommendation. Um, and David and I alternate uh, weeks, and so you and you can probably tell because, like, if it's a movie that you've absolutely heard of, but uh, just it didn't look that good to you, it's probably me. Uh-huh. Uh, if it's a movie you haven't heard of, but it looks good, that's probably David. <laughs> um, but uh, and then uh, and then we also have we're hopefully going to ha- get some more videos on there. But right now we just have some videos uh, of like you know movie trailers, like uh, for example, Stephen Reedy, who was on the show, he made a film called Undercut. Yeah. Uh, which is very good and very funny, um, but uh, the trailer for that is on the video page, as is uh, a film by Zaljanon. Um, the trailer for Quiet City, uh, directed by Aaron Katz and shot by Andrew Reed, 
Um, and then a couple of things that I was involved with. You can watch those or not. I don't really care. Do we have anything that relates to guests that we've had on in the past year? <laughs> um, well, <laughs> like, here's what. But and then as far as like uh, because a lot of our uh, guests are comedians and such, uh, there are videos on their page on the guest page. So like if you click on uh, like Graham Elwood, you'll see right. uh, rather than just like a picture of him, you'll actually see a clip of him performing stand up. And so, um, so yeah, that's I'm I'm glad you brought that up because. Uh, yeah. If you go to the guest page, if there's a guest that you specifically liked, um, you know, you can go to their page and find out a little bit more about them. If they have a website, there's a link to that. Um, and if there's just a random, you know, if there's a clip, uh, you know, a lot of them, you know, like, for example, Jen Kirkman and Wyatt Cenac, like there's a lot of clips of them. And we just selected one and put that on the website. But uh, but yeah, so uh, so you can find out more about the guests. Um there's a complete list of every episode we ever recorded and a direct link to that. But um, let's see. Aside from that, there's a there's a link to our uh, Battleship Pretension store, which uh, we're probably going to try and I, I'm I'm thinking of, of some new designs on top of just uh, our logo, which I I, I like our logo. But uh, yeah. but I'm, I'm thinking of doing some some new things there. Um, there's links to some other websites that we like, um, another other podcasts that we like, um, and I think, and then of course there's the the forum, which uh, has been gaining popularity a great deal in the last uh, few weeks, and uh, you can go there and you can start, uh, you know, you can start your own topic. Um, <laughs> you can. What? Sorry, I uh, imagine you. David is getting a phone call, and I have to imagine it's the same person that just called my phone and didn't uh, get an answer. That's exactly who it is. So, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so, yeah, the form you can go and you can start a topic, you can respond to topics. It's not laid out exactly as we would like, but as I've said before, it's still organized in a way that uh, that works. And you can, unlike our last forum, which was a freaking, that was all over the place. Yeah. Um, so this one... Uh, a lot of people saying a lot of good things, and uh, and so we encourage you to uh, you know converse with uh, your fellow listeners. And, yeah, uh, so and yeah. us, and we, us, we participate. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and I would encourage you. Here's I would encourage you to do this. If your name is Tyler or David, please put your your last name initial on there as well, or just something that that people know that it's not. Yeah, that's not the hosts. So uh, <laughs> our form does, unfortunately does not require somebody to sign in or uh, require a first and last name. You can go by basically whatever you want. Uh, so if your name is Tyler or David, please don't. Uh, yeah, don't 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 screw with us. All right. Um, but uh, anyway, so so that's the website battleshippretension.com. Um, and there's probably there's there's more things. You there's a page that just says what's new, and uh, you can go there and find out. You know, anything that uh, like in the last week, anything new that is going on, like, for example, any time that we're on the Paul Goebel show, you can find a link to our episode on that page, that kind of thing. So cool. Anyway, so that's basically it. Uh, so head on over there and and uh, enjoy yourself. And there is also a donate button. Um, anyway, <laughs> I would like to hear some feedback as to how uh, whether people like the movie of the week. Uh, yeah. Feature. Because yeah. I have fun picking them. I, I enjoy it's. It's it's a fair amount of pressure for me because part of me is like, because I because, and maybe you've had this experience yourself, David, where when you're talking to a random person who says like, oh well, what's a good movie? Like you kind of have your standbys that you know, right? And like I remember Graham Elwood was on the show and he was talking about uh, 
about he has kind of a few standbys that he says like, oh, here's this movie called The Gray Fox. And it's a movie that you're pretty sure very few people have heard of and even fewer people have watched. Right. And so I I exhausted those months ago. And so now it's like, okay, okay, what are other movies I like? What are other movies I like? Uh, David went really obscure last week. Damn it. He's, he's going to win. And so um, – I'm sorry, my my mouth kind of got away from me there. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, so yeah, any feedback that uh, you know regarding any site suggestions? That's something on the forum. But of course, if it's something that might be a little offensive, you can email that to us personally at uh, <laughs> battleshippretension@hotmail dot com. Um, okay, so yeah, there we go. Today's topic. David. <laughs> Let's get into it, shall we? Let's get yeah. into it as quickly as possible because we are dropping listeners like flies. <laughs> <laughs> fucking eight minutes of just like pushing our website. Whatever but they're going to the website, I'll take it. Yeah, you know. no, we, we, I, I had fun talking about it. Indeed, and that's what I. Uh, that's what I always say. If I, I figure, if we're having fun, the listeners are probably having fun. That is not a good theory. I don't <laughs> think that's true at all. But that's, but that's not the topic. The topic is not us hemorrhaging listeners. Our, our, our topic today, uh, David, we've we have discussed in the past um, how. Now, uh, a, a, a critic and a film lover, they can never remove themselves completely from the experience of watching a movie. Right. Um, but I feel like you should kind of try a little bit. Um, I mean, you still, you're going to filter whatever the movie says through your own, you know, your uh-huh. own experiences and such. But, you know, there are some movies that people... What I'm getting at, basically, there are some movies that people will talk about how much they love it, you know, but the movie is not very good. And then you ask them, well, why do you love it so much? And they're like, well, I saw it when, you know, I, you know, and they tell a story of like maybe they saw it when they were growing up. Yeah. Um, or they saw it j- like right when they were first uh, becoming film nerds, you mm-hmm. know, and it's it, that might be the movie that 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 kind of flipped them a little bit. And maybe the movie's not that great, but it was enough. To right. get them interested. And and so they will like it on that principle, the principle of nostalgia. Uh-huh. And so today, David and I are going to have a, a discussion about, you know, the role that nostalgia plays in talking about film and appreciating film because it is a powerful, powerful force. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you, you talk about growing up. That's the big one. Yeah. There are so many movies that turn out to have sucked yeah. <laughs> that you loved but some people i think i'm pretty good at like seeing you know oh that movie was not as good as i thought it was but i think there are a lot of right. people who don't you know yeah there are a lot of people like sort of my age maybe a few years older than i am who like the lost boys yeah. which is and i did because i didn't see it as a kid i didn't see it until i was older right and that movie is terrible it's really bad <laughs> really but bad th- it's it's weird because some and some people who even listen when when David mentioned Lost Boys, like I had I myself just now when you said Lost Boys, I had a reaction uh-huh. in which it's like, wait, no, that movie's awesome. No, 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 it's not awesome. No, it's yeah. bad. It's very yeah. bad. You know, like j- you shouldn't feel the need to defend something just because you grew up with it or you identify with it or something like that. You can. I'm fine with you giving it a place and realizing like, oh, I loved that movie when I was a kid. That's yeah. a good sentence to say. But the thing is, you can still love it now in a, in a certain way. Right. But don't try to act like it's good. You know? Yeah. I will never not love Empire Records. Oh. <laughs> and that's one I, that I didn't... Again, I didn't see it until I got older. Yeah. And I, was and like, I know it's no good. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, it's really dumb. <laughs> There's got to be better ways to deal with a, a shoplifter <laughs> than that. Um, I hate that scene. But um, but that isn't the shoplifter Brendan Sexton the third or no? Um, I haven't seen it. In I don't. I don't recall. Uh, but that's not the issue. I th- just that you know. No, what's I feel like I said something stupid. <laughs> we'll edit that. It's going to turn out to not be him at all. Like it's gonna be, <laughs> he's gonna be like Elijah Wood or something. Craig Sheffer. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and Ethan Embry, Embry bothers me a lot, but, uh, Rory yeah. Cochran, he's good. Yeah, he's fine. And, you know, playing a character that probably wouldn't exist in this or any other reality. Yeah. And that includes like middle earth. Um, what about, what about Liv Tyler though? When she's freaking out over the, her like pills or like whatever she's been taking, like caffeine pills or something like that. I don't she, remember. Oh, it's, it's great. I haven't seen it in probably about eight years and, uh. Yeah, I saw it then, and I'm good. But, but I uh, thought it was such a great scene. Like uh, when I was younger, like they're like, "Stop!" And she's like, "I am stopping! I am stopping!" <laughs> and like you watch it now, and it's just funny. It's yeah. So okay. Dumb. Fair enough. But um, uh, yeah, I will. I will always love that movie in its own way, in in my on right. my own terms. But yeah. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to try and pretend that it's good. And yeah. that's that's the problem because it's okay. I mean, movies mean different things to different people mm-hmm. and it's certainly okay to uh you know to enjoy any any movie it's okay to enjoy yeah that's fine with me but if you're gonna if you're gonna take a a, a critical standpoint if you're gonna pretend to be something of an authority on film yeah you know uh i shouldn't say pretend certain people plenty of our certain our listeners are sort of an authority these are people that's who right. know movies you know the movie characters list shows that that's another thing you can find on the website everybody yeah. go ahead but people like you and me and the listeners have a responsibility i think yeah as sort of a the a worldwide community of 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 curators of <laughs> of film like okay. the, the the arbiters of what's good yeah uh we have the responsibility to separate yeah. To understand that certain movies mean a lot to us, and then other movies are good, and right. then there's there's certainly a Venn diagram situation. Yeah, uh, but then those the th- the, th- the two things do not always line up. Right, and you know, and just and chances are, I mean, if you if you wind up like real, if if you love film and you really start to study it and become kind of knowledgeable about it, chances are you can you can give. As I said, you can give that the Red Dawn. I'll, I'll just come up with Red Dawn right now. Mm-hmm. You give it a place, and you can also probably trace back your love of a certain other kind of movie that is great, like other action movies, like other serious action movies. Because uh-huh. Red Dawn, ridiculous though it may be, it's an action movie that takes itself seriously. And so yeah. like maybe you watch, I don't know, The French Connection or something like that. Um, or... Uh, Narc, or any any action movie that is not like fun and goofy, but it's supposed to be very serious. Yeah, but it's actually good. Like you watch that, and you're like, you're like, you know what? I may not have liked this movie if it weren't for Red Dawn. And so, in that way, I have a fondness in my heart for Red Dawn. That doesn't mean it's good. It just, you know, if that if that movie had not given you that the sensibility of loving action movies you may not have ever been inclined to watch these good action movies. Yeah. Um, Red Dawn also fills me with a certain nostalgia for Jennifer Grey's old nose. <laughs> <laughs> she was cute with her old nose, and yeah. now she's just... I don't know what she looks like now. Look her up. She just looks so normal. She doesn't... 
stick out the way she yeah. used to. Jennifer Grey was was pretty, and that nose because that's uh, that's that's a nose job that I really regret happened. There's certain <laughs> people like because I'm not for cosmetic surgery, you know, yeah. but I will look at pictures of Jennifer Aniston old nose and new nose side by side and be mm-hmm. like, well, it it kind of works. I mean, it, yeah. it is a better nose. Yeah, but with Jennifer Grey, it's just so sad. You know, and you know who had uh, not really surgery, but uh, I forget. I believe his name is Lauren Dean. Who no, he played Mumford. Oh okay. right, and he had a pretty big gap in his teeth. Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, later on, I think he got his teeth capped, and he had just like re- he just had like regular like good looking teeth. Uh-huh. And it made him it, it it really does. It's just like. Oh well, so now you're like everyone else. Yeah, like it's you know something that made you a little bit distinctive, and that you know I'm I'm nostalgic for the old Lauren Dean, you know the <laughs> one the one who uh, who was in uh, Apollo 13, always talking about energy and you know whatever and power and all that. I liked him in that movie, but um, you know it's and it's interesting because uh, there's a podcast out there called uh, Jordan Jesse Go and uh, Mike Schmidt. I think what was that? I think people are aware of Jordan Jesse Go. They're (laughs) far more successful than we are. Yeah, I do like the idea. (laughs) Don't act like you're like opening a some old like like a like a chest for people to show them your (laughs) your 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 toys. Hey, there's this podcast out there that uh, everyone has heard of. (laughs) I like to just act as if we're incredibly successful and we're (laughs) and we're just hipping you to it, but um. But the reason I bring it up is there was this guy out there writing movie reviews calls himself Rex Reed. (laughs) That's odd that you went there. That was very strange. Everyone knows who he is, though. Yeah, which is unfortunate because I don't like his reviews. But um, but uh, anyway, Mike Schmidt. No one does. What was that? No one does. Yeah, (laughs) like I actually I subscribe to the New York Observer because I I had uh, like airline like frequent flyer miles that I couldn't use for a ticket, and so it's like. I'll subscribe to this, and it's it's an interesting uh, publication. But Andrew Saris and uh, Rex Reed both write for it, and uh, some people really love Andrew Saris. I like Andrew Saris, but like his his take on like certain films and certain filmmakers, it's just like wow. I mean, like he really hated Synecdoche, New York, and I know you did as well. Uh-huh. But then in his review, he mentions like how dreadful Eternal Sunshine was and how awful being John Malkovich was. And I know you don't like adaptation, but he talked about how much you didn't like that one. And yeah. it's like, you are just not on board for any of this. Like, even yeah, the slightest but you know hint what? of it. I like those kind of directors. I like the curmudgeonly direct, uh, critics. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to get off on a tangent here. But okay. uh, we've talked about sort of the downfall of the role of, of criticism. People don't yeah. respect it as much and i i was just thinking like the critics that i read are getting old yeah you know i mean Adrivert is uh unwell often you know yeah. and that's he can't sad speak yeah um a- andrew saris has got to be really old by now got to be in his 70s uh i mean stanley kaufman is fucking 92 uh <laughs> But and I guess I don't know. I guess he's still occasionally writing for. I loved him when I used to subscribe to the New Republic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now they got this guy Christopher Orr, who is a good critic, but not quite the writer that Stanley Kaufman Rosenbaum was. retired, right? Did he? Or he's going to? Maybe he's going something to because like I think I feel like I read a review just recently. Like he reviewed the wrestler or something. But mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, but Rosenbaum's really old too. Yeah. Uh, like, who are the new guard? And the thing is, there aren't yeah. because. They don't have the power I think they used to. Yeah, and it's uh, 
I, I really do think that, and I'm not saying this because you and I function on the internet, but I really think that like the the new guard, as you say, will be internet critics. But there's so many of them, yeah, and so few of them. You know, there's so like just because a lot of people have an opinion doesn't mean that all of them deserve to have an opinion. Yeah, um, and so I'm not sure. You know, like for every for every like film spotting out there. And, and yeah, the, and certainly they're, the film spotting guys are good critics. Yeah, but it's a different when it's separated from. And I know those guys write too. But when it's when it when it's separated from the writing, when it's becoming more podcast and like yeah. blog based, when it's separate from publishing, yeah, it, it can't help but become less academic. You know, oh, and yeah. like like the. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm ragging on the film spotting guys. They're they're great, but it's yeah. just they review the movies that are coming out. Yeah. What they don't, what what you can't necessarily get from them, which which is something you can get from an uh, a Saris or a Kaufman or a Rosenbaum, is mm-hmm. you get theory, like yeah. a personal. You know, the these are someone you you can see a a through line in their in their writing. They can publish. You know, you can collect and publish, and they can write yeah. books that are apart from from criticism. Yeah, uh, you know, apart from just reviewing, I should say that that are criticism, but apart from just reviewing a movie. And like, it seems like that's not happening as much in, in, anymore. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I mean, people pu- publish books, but uh, it's not, it's not, it doesn't seem to have the respect or the attention that it used right. to. And that's, that's really sad to me. Well, I mean, it's, been, and this kind of ties in with nostalgia, I think, because uh, <laughs> getting, well, for, I mean, for, you know, cause it's a, it's a, a dying era. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, the, uh, you can be nostalgic for a type of film or like you said, an era of film. And that includes every aspect of it, like the mentality of the audience, the mentality of the critic, or or in this case, the existence of critics, you know? Yeah. Um, And like the idea, like Jen and I watched back to the future the other day. And, uh, cause I have the, the trilogy and I hadn't seen it for a long time. And I was like, I watched that growing up and uh, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, to get ready for the nostalgia podcast, I'll watch all three. And, um, and I remember just like, I, I, I had such a hard time separating myself from, uh, you know, separating my, my growing up watching that movie uh-huh. with the movie itself, especially because it portrays a, it does. It's not just a movie made. It's not like it's Platoon or something like that. It's not a movie made during that time. It's a movie that also portrays that time. You know, especially it's a time travel movie, so yeah. they really need to establish what the 1980s are. Yeah. And so you watch that, and you're like, oh, that's not. It's not just a movie I grew up with. It's reflecting the culture that I grew up with as well. Yeah. And uh, and so like nostalgia. It's oh the re- what I was gonna say about Jordan Jesse Go actually kind of ties into this um mike schmidt who's been on our show he uh-huh. uh, he was on he was on their show and he was talking about star wars and how a lot of guys like like any guy who's like in their who's like 20 years or older let's say that uh, 23 and older let's because even three years can make a huge difference uh-huh. um that like uh you know the 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 later the last three Star Wars movies are so are so hated by people like our age and people like uh, in their you know early forties and stuff like that. People who grew up with the particularly original. people in their early forties and stuff. Yeah. People our age. I mean, there are some of them, but maybe I'm just speaking for myself. Yeah, I don't 
deify the first <laughs> trilogy as much as some of them that's do. That's true. So. That's true. And I don't. Yeah. I mean, it's the Star Wars films are not on my top hundred, but I did grow up like playing with the toys and enjoying them. Yeah. But I. But it's different because some people saw them in the theater and it like changed their you know right. changed their outlook. Um. But anyway, and so uh. So yeah, let's go ahead and say that like late thirties, early forties, like people who saw these movies in the theater and mm-hmm. it, it revolutionized the way they looked at film. Um. He said that like those guys are so vocal about how awful the newer movies are. And he said that but he's like, but honestly, how could they ever be good to yeah. the to those people? Yeah. Because you're not comparing them to the other movies. Granted, compared to the other movies, they're still not very good, but that's not the issue. They could be just as good, but they would but to you they they couldn't hold a candle because you're not judging them against other movies, you're judging them against your childhood. You know, and just and you know, it, it reminds it reminds you of like who you were at that time, what your life was like at that time, the culture you were living in at that time, and it's like no movie you see now is going to be able to compete with that because it's it's not just a movie that you're thinking about. Yeah, it's an entire. You know, I remember uh, to me one of the most insightful things about the movie Ratatouille is when the critic Anton Ego uh, takes a bite uh-huh. of the food and he's transported back to his mom him as a child and his mom making ratatouille uh-huh. and he's like scraped his knee or something like that and she and she hugs him and he smells ratatouille in the kitchen and it's like none of that is academic yeah you know he's a guy who has trained his palate but the reason that he took a bite of that and loved it so much has nothing to do with his training it has to do with an experience he had as a child you know it's such a it's such a strong instinct to want to to just to uh, I'll use your word to like deify the past uh-huh. and have it be like that's as good as it could ever get right there you know I mean there and <laughs> that's wrong you know it's, <laughs> yeah it, chances are it was great it was great before that and it's been great since you know uh, like filmmaking or just movies and you know a specific movie in general um, but uh, I was gonna tell. I was going to tell this story um and it's it has to do with it has to do with like the Christian church so not my and and if you haven't grown up in it not everybody's going to understand but I'm uh-huh. using it kind of as an an analogy um when I went so I went to uh, a church in Nixon Missouri and uh I remember my pastor a really great guy named uh, Gary Swearingen he uh he brought up something because it was a predominantly older church, you mm-hmm. know, um, mostly most people there were about 60 and older. And um, and he actually but he was kind of a younger guy, you know, for them. He was in his mid 40s. And um, and he brought something up. He said, he goes, you know, he goes. When you become a Christian. You know, it's it's a huge part of your life. And, you know, it's it's like a it's a life changing thing and, and you are ne- are not the same, you know, or at least theoretically. And um, he's like and so a lot of people have the mentality that what worked for them, you know, the circumstances under which they converted, mm-hmm. that should be good enough for anybody. He's like. But if you're he's like and he, like hats off to him for saying this to the congregation because mm-hmm. he because it was a room full of 70 year olds and he was like. If you converted in 1940 and you're planning a and and you're like planning like the uh, a church like, you know, just 
what the what the structure of the church is going to be in 2000 and you're trying to like appeal to teenagers or something like that what do you you know it's like and you want it to be done the way it was when you were you know when you converted and and it it really changed the way that i thought uh about anything Uh not just christianity just the idea that it's like the like subjectivity is such a huge part of our lives that anytime we you know anytime we make a huge decision or something like that like we just don't understand how somebody could make a similar decision under different circumstances you know and it i think it's the same with with movies like to somebody like myself i mean a lot has been said about how i think that 99 was the best movie year ever. Now, uh-huh. by sheer volume of good movies, I still think that. But it should also be noted, I was 17. And that yeah. 17 is the perfect age. Yeah. When, and we, we've talked about that before. But, like, that's the perfect age. That's really when I became responsible for my own cinematic education. Yeah, you, I, I, didn't, I didn't start driving until I was 17. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I guess I was 16. But I didn't get my license right away. My mom wouldn't let me. Because I had I bad grades. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> that was the deal. You got to get your grades up this semester, then you can get your driver's license. I never did, and, and it worked. And I got my driver's anyway. license like right in time for the Matrix. All right. <laughs> um, I think yeah. I think the Matrix was probably the first movie I ever drove to. Oh man. Yeah. See, and what? <laughs> I wonder what impact that's going to have on the movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, and just like, or like stuff like, oh, the first rated R. You know, what's the first rated R movie you ever saw? In the theater. In general. Die Hard. Die Hard? Yeah. Mine, I think, was Die Hard 2. You mean we, Die Hard 2? No, D- Die Hard 2, Die Harder. Oh, directed okay. Directed by Rennie Harlan. Yeah, um, director of Deep Blue Sea, whom we talked about a few days ago. Yes. <laughs> that, was a good, that was a good time. <laughs> um, but uh, Die, Har- Die Hard 2 is awful. Oh, yeah. But I have such fond memories of it because I was young and... The guy gets stabbed in the eye with an I- with a icicle. Yeah, why didn't we bring that up last week? <laughs> yeah, um, no, a few days ago. A few days ago, thank you. Um, <laughs> and just, uh, you know, and, and John Amos gets sucked into a propeller, right. and it's like, oh, awesome. And and also, the experience is, like, bittersweet, because, like, it's the kind of thing where it's like, my dad rented it while my mom was away, uh-huh. and uh, so my brother and I, we sat and watched this really violent movie that I shouldn't have been watching at age yeah. seven. And, uh, you know, and now, of course, because of just so many things, you know, family dynamic at the very least, um, I think back on Die Hard 2 like, oh, that's <laughs> great. No, it's not. And it also doesn't des- – nothing about that tone is appropriate for that movie. <laughs> doing like, but now, so now you – that was the first R-rated movie you saw, so you had, hadn't seen the first one when you saw Die Hard 2. No. Oh, see, I think even as young as I was when I saw Die Hard 2 – I recognized that it kind of sucked because I had seen Die Hard <laughs> right. so many times. Because that was that was like, it was the first movie that my dad was like, "Don't tell your mom I let you watch this." Same kind of yeah. situation. But I, my dad just knew. My dad loved Die Hard so much yeah. that he knew that even though I was way too young, I would love it too. And he just wanted. To, he was like a little kid. He wanted to share it with me. Right. Right. You know. And like I think that was the first art movie I ever saw in full. The first art movie I ever saw a little bit of was a sim- similar situation where my dad wanted to show me select scenes from Hudson Hawk <laughs> because <laughs> uh, that part in Hudson Hawk where 
he shoots the tennis ball gun at the dog, and the dog jumps and grabs the tennis ball, and then it propels him out the window. Oh, nice. It's fucking awesome, and <laughs> my dad showed that to me a couple times. Yeah, and my my dad showed... Probably the second one I saw was called uh, The Kentucky Fried Movie, which is a uh-huh. Zucker Abram Zucker. Oh, that one's got film. a lot of nudity in it. Yeah, he forgot. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, like when we were watching... Cause <laughs> Catholic I think my school mom, girls in trouble, that yeah, whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I think my mom was uh, was out of town, and my dad was like... Is like because I knew because uh, I liked parodies and stuff at the time. Uh-huh. And he goes, he goes, oh, you know what you'll like? You'll like this movie. And he hadn't seen it for a while, and he remembered it as being great. Uh-huh. And of course, he filtered. I guess he, the, the nostalgia filter, had taken out the things that he didn't care for and wouldn't be appropriate for his child. Uh-huh. And uh, and we watched it, and he's like, huh. I do not remember there being this much nudity. <laughs> he's like, don't tell your mom about this. And in fact, uh look away <laughs> but uh my, yeah my my dad was very much that was he was my family was not the kind where the parents kept secrets from one another yeah but that was the one thing my dad would let me watch movies that my mom right wouldn't see and i remember i think i saw the usual suspects before my dad did oh man and then recommended it to him like i had rented it and watched yeah. it and i was like you gotta watch this and uh and I later found out from my dad that he was watching it like I had gone out or gone to bed or something and he was watching it and mom walked in and just heard all the language and she was like, don't you let David watch this. <laughs> <laughs> See, and so like, so like these stories, I imagine, I imagine the listeners have stories like these, like yeah. this as well, you know, and it's just, and so like, <laughs> nothing is ever going to be as good as that in adulthood. Granted, we may have all the training, we may have, you know, we may have seen thousands more movies than when i saw you know die hard 2 uh-huh. die harder uh-huh. um but somehow get, i i got to get back to that because you hadn't seen die hard so you didn't you didn't when he says yippee motherfucker it's not as cool because you hadn't seen it the first time and you don't know like when bonnie bedelia slaps uh, uh william atherton you don't know that it's a callback to when she punched him at the end of the first movie yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, but also, didn't. I was too young to care. Yeah, okay. you know, and that's it was the first rated R movie I've seen. <laughs> a guy in a propeller. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> you know, like that's and and so like. So anyway, you were saying you were actually getting back to the point. It's it's funny that we're doing this episode on nostalgia and we keep getting lost in reminiscences. Oh yeah. But uh, all right, make make a point. Oh well, <laughs> make your point. <laughs> I want to talk about my dad some more. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's so powerful in in everything, not just movies. Like as I was talking about before, just even even something like religion, or who knows, maybe even politics or something like that. Like people may may find themselves like reluctant to give up a certain belief that they no longer believe true. Like they may out of nostalgia because it's what they grew up with, and uh, out of tradition, you know, and and nostalgia, yeah. and for the sake of the past. Uh, they may find themselves like defending something that they aren't into anymore, you know? And so like, like it really is so powerful and like, how can you fight against that? You know, Mm -hmm. like the transformers movie, like that. (sighs) We, I think we talked about this when it came out, but but, like the transformers movie is based on a cartoon that was based on toys. The toys came first and then came the cartoon and then came the, animated film with Orson Welles and then then the the live action movie several years later and that's a movie that of course is I mean everything much like 
I think people said that there's like going to be a Thundercats movie and that kind of thing. Have you seen that fake trailer? No, I haven't. Oh. Someone just took like scenes from other movies like Stargate and Troy and oh, okay. Deep Impact or something. Probably not Deep Impact, but uh and then like digitally added like cat ears and stuff to the actors <laughs> so it looks like it's a trailer for the Thundercats movie. That's pretty cool. I'll have to watch that. But like just all these 80s movies and and uh, you know, I would also tie in like uh, you know, the TV shows like Dukes of Hazard or or whatever that uh-huh. people, you know, grew up watching. And it's just like there's a there's an industry. You know, there there's like a little there's like an entire there's so much money to be made from nostalgia. Like people I saw Transformers again over the Christmas over my little Christmas break. Oh good. You've seen it twice. That means I now never have to see it. Exactly. <laughs> I got us covered. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry. And but I watched it, it's like this is unwatchable. But there are people who really love it. But But there I, are also I'm people almost sure that there it's the people who grew up with it. But the the thing is there's the people and I, I feel like I had said this like verbatim a year and a half ago when it came out. Okay. But um people who were like Oh, Michael Bay, no way he's going to do justice to Transformers. And like, yeah. that's such, you're walking such a fine line yeah. there. Like, okay, so you're you're too cool for Michael Bay, yeah. but you're not so cool that you uh, can't get over the fact that you liked this dumb cartoon that was based on toys. Right. I mean, it's just, like, I think they literally needed somebody like... Uh, By the way, uh, you and I have a good friend named Mark who I think listens to the show okay. who loves the Transformers. <laughs> if you're listening, I'm sorry, Mark. Mark? <laughs> It's a cartoon based on toys. <laughs> all right, that's all it was. All right, the, the movie's not good. Cartoon wasn't good. Toys kind of eh, toys were kind of awesome. The toys were awesome, you know. <laughs> and that's what they should be. The, that's what they should have remained. But um, but yeah, I do like that idea of like it's like uh, it's like oh he's total he's the wor- he's he's awful. He's gonna make this so bad. It's like I think he will do as good as it can be done. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think he's the perfect choice for this. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, and, and that's, the th- I guess I don't, I'm not really sure what larger point to make, except that, you know, except to just advise everybody to just give it, give nostalgia a place. Don't, don't ignore yeah, it. Yeah. I, I mean, want to go back to what I said yeah. before that it's okay to like any movie for the reasons that are important to you. Yeah. But if you're going to stand up. Uh, for good movies and and be yeah. an authority, you have a responsibility to separate nostalgia from right. uh, from your uh, what cinephiledom, uh, you know, cinephilia, cinephilia. Okay, because okay. it's th- there's a difference between being a fan and being a cinephile. Yeah, and you can be both. Yeah, but they're not always going to line up, and that's okay. You just right. need to know the difference. I mean, it reminds me of like. Uh, I remember a lot of people said this like about Family Guy, but I think they probably even say it more uh, about Dane Cook, uh, you know, who is very popular amongst people of a certain age, right? And it's because he keep. I mean, hey, I, I mean, I liked him, and I think I think as we've discussed before, I think in his earlier career he actually did say funny things, but like yeah. after a while, for whatever reason, like it just became like. He would make references to things that I that I not only that I remember, but things that I that were around when I was a kid and that I have affection for because they're from my past. And and you get that and you kind of laugh. It's that laugh of recognition, recognition. But if you take the time to think about it, it's like 
did he say anything funny about it? He didn't. He's just making reference to it. And it's like, it, it seems almost, I, I know he doesn't mean for it to be this, but it's almost sinister. It's almost like, here's what I'll do. I'll, all I need to do is say these words. All I need to say is, you know, the gummy bears, you yeah. know, or the Disney afternoon. Yeah. And Did you guys have a sit and spin growing up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it called the sit and spin? Did you have one? They were uh, awesome. No, I know what it is. I just don't. Was that the name of it? Sit and spin? Yeah. I don't think that's appropriate at all. Isn't that? <laughs> <a> euf- <laughs> yeah, that's. I think maybe the euphemism came second. Okay, fair enough. Um, but uh, but the idea is just like, oh, all I need to do is tap into this. I don't even yeah. really need to do anything beyond that. All I need to do is tap into it. And that's all. And that's all you need to do. But like, yeah. So I'm not even opposed to like movies being made of something from an era that everybody's nostalgic about. As long as, long as, as the movie's good. Yeah, as long as it brings something to it. Yeah, because that's a big. Th- there, there are a lot of movies that that do that in in a ba- in a bad way. Yeah. You know, um, but there there are movies that use nostalgia to good purpose. You yeah. know, I think uh, I like Forrest Gump. Yeah. Um, uh, I've heard bad things about benjamin button which yeah. is did you see it no apparently i mean it's just it, eric roth wrote it uh, yeah. who wrote forrest gump and i guess it does a lot of the same thing like sort of the american century you know uh yeah. and uh but uh i think forrest Gump's a good movie that does that i mean obviously this it's uh it's sort of a far-fetched story that this guy would be in all these places but it, it i think it plays on nostalgia in a good way yeah that actually represents a piece of americana as opposed to just like trying to exploit it Right, uh, but then I think there's there's movies like like Pleasantville, which I'm a champion of. Oh yeah, uh, I, I don't know how well liked that movie is. Feel free to talk about it in the forums, Indeed. whether or not you like Pleasantville. Uh, but I've always liked it, and I think because I like that it so uh, sort of brazenly uh, fucks with n- nostalgia. Yes, yeah. uh, you know it's because. Uh, Americans, particularly white Americans of a certain age, like to think of the fifties in a certain way. Yeah. You know? And uh Pleasantville not only suggests that people in the fifties uh who were living that kind of life secretly wanted to be freer and more sexual and stuff, it yeah. says that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, and that's uh one of the many reasons that's probably the chief reason, one of the many reasons that I really like Pleasantville. Yeah. And Mad Men kinda does a similar mm-hmm. thing, you know, just the idea that it's like yeah, I mean, there are some movies that are made that are, they're not anti-nostalgia, but they're just like, it's like, yes, it's fine that you have that lens, but let's take a moment and see it how it perhaps really was, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, you know, and there, but there are some movies that like, <coughs> excuse me, like, uh, for example, The Green Berets, the uh, the John Wayne Vietnam movie that is largely viewed as one of the worst movies ever. The reason it's bad is because it wanted to view... It, it wanted to view a war, something awful that everybody was aware of, with that old nostalgia filter. It's just like, ah, war. It's like this. It's like these these kind of fun movies back here. and everyone. But, like, people just weren't having it. They're just like, yeah. no, that's not what it is anymore. Yeah. And so so that's one where I think, you know, the it was trying to, like, appeal to people's nostalgia. But I think just at this point, people were just weren't having any of it. They're just like... Yeah, yeah, I'm not buying this, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm trying, and then like, I, I think I read in an article, damn, was it an Esquire or Rolling Stone? I don't recall, but it was talking about like, 
just and it's not just our generation that does it. It's not just people who are like nostalgic for the eighties. Like there's also the idea of like uh you know, people who are nostalgic for like the sixties, you know, like older people uh-huh. and how that has kind of been co opted by having like Dennis Hopper in commercials. Yeah. You know, and like Yeah. <laughs> I don't wanna I don't want to tread on uh, Andy Kindler's got a very funny bit about the Dennis Hopper commercial, so I don't want to say anything about it without I feel like I'd be ripping him off. But uh, oh man, well you'll have to tell me his bit uh, off air because I don't I don't think I've ever seen it. Okay, but uh, but yeah, and so I mean this is kind of a this going to be kind of a shorter episode because uh, you know first off it's midweek, you know yeah. you can't expect a full length episode on Wednesday or Thursday whenever this is going up. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, and we just recorded one a certain number of days ago. Exactly. That's less than a week. Exactly. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess that's you know, and and David, we we've repeated a few times, but I will say it one last time, kind of on a final note, which is, you really, I mean, it's you can never extract yourself completely from the equation, and the fact that you can't is actually kind of a good thing Mm -hmm. you know movies are not made in a vacuum they're made to be seen by people but you you need to be able to at least put everything i'd say put you need to be able to put everything in perspective like earlier we said you know you give nostalgia a place but i would say the the a better way to put it is put it in perspective realize what a certain movie or a certain uh time what it was in your life cherish that see what you may have learned from it, you know, uh, and then see where you are now and then view it through kind of the filter of like education and, and, and that sort of thing that, and of course that's if you really want to be like a strong cinephile, you know, I mean, yeah, which we have to imagine people who listen, are listening to the show. I would imagine so. Do. Yes. Um, I mean, we talked, uh, at this point of a few months ago about like, the idea of like picking like the uh, like I think it was the best movies or something like that and it was just something like if you want if you're just a guy who likes movies whatever you know mm-hmm. that's fine but if you really if if movies are a passion for you to the point that you feel the need to educate yourselves about them then you know that Im- that involves kind of changing your perception of what movies are uh, and what they could be and specifically what they could be to you. Yeah. And so um and if a movie seems suspect, that a movie that you like seems suspect, yeah. you have to revisit it. Uh, yeah. cuz and I I I'm, I'm a, I have a tough time with that. I don't know, were you scared watching Back to the Future movies again that you might not like them as much? Ah, uh, yeah. Cuz I, I don't know I don't know if I could bring myself to watch uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids again <laughs> because I loved that movie yeah. growing up. I watched it multiple times a day. Yeah. I loved it. But you have to if there's a movie that you saw you know when let's say when you were 17 you know uh yeah. if uh i mean i'm trying to think of one that i maybe liked that year that uh i've since grown out of and i can't think of anything because i was smart enough to not like fight club right from the get-go yeah well american beauty that's a there perfect one there a perfect one american beauty meant so much to people our age yeah you know and it it hurts to go back and watch it and realize that it's not as much as as great as you thought it was. Yeah. You know, but uh again, you have that responsibility. But the flip side of that is that if there's if there's a movie that you li- loved when you were a kid and you find yourself the person that you are now with the sensibilities that you have, uh-huh. and you let's say you go back and you revisit something that you loved. 
it could very well turn out that it's better than you remember. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, last week we talked about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I loved it as a kid's movie. Yeah. But now that I'm older and I live in L.A., there are so many great jokes that there was no possible way possible way I've, I could have gotten it as a kid. You yeah. know, um, I'd say another movie like that is Ghostbusters. I liked the idea because when I was a kid, it's like, oh, they're busting ghosts. And there's uh-huh. a cartoon of it and all that. I watch it now and it's, oh, it's so wry and just very sardonic. Yeah. And Three stuff. Amigos is a good one like that, too, because yeah. it's it's uh, some of it's so absurd. And then going a few years older, less the kids movie, but like a more of a. When I was 11 or 12, I would watch Candyman. I loved Candyman, yeah. you know? And then watching it again, that's even better. Candyman's a really good horror movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I loved Jaws when I was a kid because it's a shark that eats people. And now, and it still is, by the way. Um, <laughs> but now, I mean, when I think of my favorite part of it, it's not the shark. It's Quint. You know, yeah. it's something else. Something that I probably viewed as boring when I was a kid. You know, and so, so yeah, I mean, I guess that's another thing. As David said, just don't be afraid to revisit. But when you revisit, revisit with an open mind. Realize that this could wind up being not as good as I remember, but it also could be even better. You know, so just when you go in with an open mind using the, the brain that you have now and the and the education that you have now, you know, either way, you will benefit from like revisiting these movies, uh, you know, with, uh, with your rose-colored glasses taken off. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, any uh, any emails that you want to send? Uh, BattleshipPretension at Hotmail.com. Um, you can go to the website. You remember all the stuff we said at the beginning of this episode about it. Well, let's go over it. Forum. Forum. Donate button. Donate button. All right. I was going to save that for last, but the, I'll, you know, I'll probably mention it again. Donate button. Uh, blog. Movie of the week. Movie of the week. Uh, there's videos. There's uh, information about our guests on there. Yeah. Uh, we don't need the, to go through it. Right, the, <laughs> got it all. There's the 100 uh, greatest characters as determined by you, the listener. And, of course, there is that donate button that you've heard so much about. Look into it. See, yeah. what, see what all the fuss is about. And don't forget to give us good reviews on iTunes. Good reviews on iTunes. Thank you very much. Yes. Thanks, guys. And, uh, Appreciate thanks. it. <laughs> what was that? That was me like... We're going to the listener's hat yeah. in hand. Like oh. I really appreciate <laughs> I'm sorry to... like. I'm, I really appreciate you guys doing this for me. Both my feet are turned (laughs) inward. Um, All right. So uh, thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.